Michigan football is on a 25-3 and run over the past two seasons. They're also 2-0 against Ohio State in the game, 2-0 against division rival Penn State, 1-1 versus in-state rival Michigan State. They won the Big Ten title twice in that two-year stretch. Michigan won their first 13-win season in the modern era of college football in 2022. In 2021, they punched their inaugural ticket to the college football playoff and then repeated appearing in the playoff again in 2022. What Michigan has done since that disastrous COVID season, 2-4, and four, getting blown out at home by Wisconsin, losing to a winless Penn State, I digress. Michigan has done phenomenal work. They have improved. They learned from lessons, very painful lessons, like losing to Ohio State 62-39 to or 56-27. to I guarantee you some Ohio State fans would kill to see those results again, though I don't think they will. I think the game at this point with how Ohio State is still recruiting at a high level, Michigan's recruiting at a higher level, they're catching up to Ohio State. I'd argue they've caught up to them schematically, might have passed them even developmentally, but we'll have to see because Ohio State is still in another galaxy when it comes to talent on deck. But part of the reason, a huge part of the reason why Michigan is here, this is where we're going to lead into the topic of today, they reinvented the offense. And not necessarily reinvented it, but they they tweaked some things, and it was a blast to the past. See, Jim Harbaugh originally loved the idea of grounding, pounding, using play action, and just, in an annoying way, controlling the game, going on business trips, and getting things done. That was Michigan football in 2015 and 2016. And that was supposed to be Michigan football in 2017. But didn't happen. Michigan has been known, well-documented under the Jim Harbaugh era before 2021 and 2022 for misusing highly talented players offensively. You have Donovan Peoples-Jones at wide receiver, five-star recruit, I think could be a 1,000-yard receiver if you put him on today's Michigan roster with a much better quarterback. But instead, Michigan, with Jim Harbaugh, Tim Drevno, and Pep Hamilton, were trying to utilize his talents with John O'Korn, an injured Wilton Spate, and Brandon Peters. I would pause for a moment of silence, but that old staff doesn't even deserve a moment of silence. That was one of the worst offenses in Michigan football history, even worse than the offense under Stephen Threat and Nick Sheridan at quarterback. It was terrible. Michigan continuously put players on the offensive line into the NFL draft, whether it was Mason Cole, whether it was Cesar Ruiz, those are different centers from starting years, and yet their offensive lines, when facing up against a D-line like Ohio State's, could never run the football, could not adequately protect, protect their quarterback, and it was hopeless against Ohio State. Ohio State had every counterpunch, and their counterpunch was bigger, it was better, it was faster, it was more talented. Ohio State also had speed offensively, which Michigan did not have speed. They had power, they had some talent, but quarterback, no. And Shea Patterson, for that five-star ranking, look, 
was never going to be as good as J.J. McCarthy is today. So a lot of it had to do with recruiting. Just Jim Harbaugh recruiting better players, getting a better quarterback, like finally a five-star recruit, not incoming transfer portal guy, that was his, recruiting better at running back with the likes of Blake Corum, developing better at running back, i.e. Hassan Haskins, who was the first Michigan running back to be drafted since Mike Hart. Ouch. And also on the offensive line, Sharon Moore, you know, hiring younger assistants and promoting those who work hard and earn their way. Sharon Moore's one of these guys. He's going to be a great head coach one day. And at running back, hiring former player Mike Hart, who did an excellent job at Eastern Michigan and Indiana, developing running backs, and now he's developing running backs under the school that currently has the nation's number one run game and number one running back room. And Mike Hart might have the best and second best running back in in the locker room. It's crazy. So all of these things have added up. And I know that, look, moving away from Don Brown, that obviously helped things. Even in entering 2021, when I thought that Jim Harbaugh should have been fired after 2020, I picked Michigan to hit the over on their win total because just simply removing Don Brown from the equation meant that the talent that was on the defense was going to explode. I thought Michigan would have an elite or near elite defense in 2021, but the offense would once again be horrendous with Josh Gaddis returning. Well, what changed? What was different? What was different from my 2021 prediction was the offense worked. They could run the ball. They had a great offensive line. The wide receivers, even with Ronnie Bell injured, were underrated. The tight ends with Eric All and Luke Schoonmaker worked well. And Kate McNamara played at a level that a level that was only slightly higher than I expected, but he made less mistakes than I thought he would make. And the team overall just played with cohesion, unity, and schematically, Michigan was rarely off, and they were a very disciplined team offensively. Very few holding calls, very few false starts. It was a good team. The offense, despite having less talent all around than probably the 2018, 19, or 2020 teams, less star talent, with better schematics, with Jim Harbaugh, Sharon Moore, Matt Weiss, and Josh Gaddis all having input on the play calls, which of course added experience because Gaddis never called plays before coming to Michigan. All these things helped. And Michigan had an average pass attack. Average below average in 2021, but I would say average. They didn't they had below average yards, and they did again in 2022. They weren't even in the top 60 in pass yards per game. But their wide receivers, when they needed to use them, could step up. Same with the tight ends. And then in 2022, it was, an e it was even better. Michigan's pass attack didn't seem to connect for much of the year. But J.J. McCarthy had a high completion percentage against Penn State. He looked phenomenal against Ohio State. Able to avoid pressure, run the ball, but most importantly, connect with Cornelius Johnson, connect with Ronnie Bell, and... In the game against Purdue, Big Ten Championship game, connect with Colston Loveland, who we also found against Ohio State. And in the TCU game, none of that was on the wide receivers. The wide receivers played well, and TCU's secondary was, they were above average to good, statistically, in defending the pass. 
last season. With Ronnie Bell, Roman Wilson, Cornelius Johnson, Colston Loveland, Luke Schoonmaker, Michigan had a good and at times great passing attack in 2022. The 2022 team, what makes the loss to TCU so disappointing is they were much better than the 2021 team. Yet only finished with one more win. Only one more. Only one more win. They should have beaten TCU and been able to play Georgia. And even though they probably would have lost, and most would say it wouldn't have been close, I would have had faith in my Wolverines to potentially cover that spread against Georgia and play an entertaining game, but they didn't. And credit to TCU, they outcoached Michigan. They coached circles around Michigan. They were better prepared. They, look, they had better tempo. They had better schemes. They were better conditioned. They looked like the better team on the field in that game. And even though I think Michigan would have won that game seven, eight, nine times out of ten, all that matters is you win the one game because you can only play it once. And Sonny Dykes is a top ten head coach. But the question regarding Michigan is they've come so far making these improvements. And we know that the reason Jim Harbaugh couldn't beat Ohio State or couldn't win the Big Ten or would lose those road games to Iowa, Wisconsin, a lot of it was the offense. Yes, Dr. Blitz had some issues, especially against Ohio State or Dan Mullins, Florida, teams with speed and talent, but the offense is what has taken a big step forward. And I have some questions about the offense entering 2023, not to say that the offense will be bad or mediocre, but to say that they can be elite. And this passing attack, I would expect it at minimum to be great. Not saying they're going to be top 50 in passing yards, but when they do pass, I expect it to be well executed. I expect there to be talent. I expect routes to be run properly. And if all goes well, this could be a near elite passing game. Now, I'm not going to say elite. This is not Washington. It's not Ohio State. It's not Oregon where you have Troy Franklin, one of the fastest wide receivers in the country, and you have Bo Nix, who's had several years under his belt to just heave it to him. This isn't Washington where you have three top 10 wide receivers, or Ohio State where you have the number one and number two wide receiver, and a head coach in Ryan Day who is a wizard with quarterbacks. That's not Michigan football. Michigan football I need to see them take that great to near elite status in passing the football before I say they can have an elite passing game. Plus, Jim Harbaugh schematically, an elite passing game doesn't favor his scheme, but an elite run game does, i.e. using the transfer portal to bring in three offensive linemen when the O-line probably was going to reload anyway, and they already returned two of their guards, and both starting running backs who nearly had 1,000 rushing yards in the case of Edwards and had nearly 1,600 in the case of Corum, both come back. So it's not necessarily in Jim Harbaugh or even Sharon Moore's best interest to have an elite passing attack, but if you can have it, that's extremely helpful. What do you do when you meet up with Georgia and Nazir Stackhouse is preventing your offensive linemen from pushing like five yards forward or against Penn State, and this is why Penn State won't beat Michigan this year, Oluwatimi was basically Moses parting the Red Sea, and Blake Corm and Donovan Edwards could just shoot right through for 10 yards or more. 
Ohio State with Donovan Jackson, with Carson Hinsman at center, and with Matthew Jones at guard will practically be able to do the same thing as P.J. Mustafer leaves. And the, for the past few seasons, by my mind, Penn State has not had an interior D-line player. P.J. Mustafer was not a first-round pick. Mozzie Smith was. So Michigan matches up well with a team like Penn State. Same with Ohio State with Penn State this year. And I'm saying that just to say that Michigan can get away with that elite ground and pound, and they might be able to chew up anyone, including Georgia this year, and spit them out of their mouth with the run game. But what if they don't? And I'm not betting that Michigan would be able to do that against Georgia. Well, you have to go through the air. And if you're going to go through the air against a team with five stars at cornerback, safety, linebacker, like what Georgia has, or even what Ohio State has with C.J. Hicks, Sonny Styles, and Tommy Eichenberg, who's basically been developed into a five-star, what do you do? What do you do? What do you have to have? You have to have an elite quarterback. You have to have a wide receiver room that is deep and that can attack short, medium, and burn, just straight-up burn guys, get long touchdowns, and tight ends and running backs have to be involved. So question number one is what can J.J. McCarthy do? Can he take the next step and become an elite QB? He's already gained some weight. He's crossed that 200-pound mark. J.J. McCarthy finished nearly top 15 last year in QBR. was a really phenomenal quarterback. Finished with nearly an 80 QBR, 22 passing touchdowns, 5 interceptions. He had 2,719 passing yards. He's 6'3", 196. That was last year's weight. He's, I think, 6'3", 205, around 205 now, and he lost fat, reportedly, according to Jim Harbaugh. So, better player, bigger player, leaner player. I expect his speed has probably improved. I guarantee you the accuracy has. And the turnover issues that we saw against TCU last year looked like perfect football compared to the risks that he took in 2021. I expect him to take a big step forward. I think that he's going to be the Big Ten's best quarterback this year. Part of that based off of experience. If you compare him and Kyle McCord, I think McCord will have way better statistics. There's no doubt about that. The offense is built for that. And statistics are important. They tell a story. But they don't tell the whole story. You've got to put them in context. If Michigan and Ohio State ran the same kind of offense, and the only difference was quarterback between Kyle McCord and J.J. McCarthy. Let's say you take the best of both worlds offensively on the O-line, tight end, wide receiver, running back, and all you have is J.J. McCarthy versus McCord. I think McCarthy, with better mobility, more experience, I think he would win out. And I think McCarthy also, that experience really helps you, especially in the biggest of games, in the bigger games, like the game at the end of the year. 16th overall in QBR with a 79.1 quarterback rating. When it comes to passer rating, which we'll get to a little later, hit a 155 rating. McCord's been better statistically than that. Aller did not have a good year by passer rating or by QBR, but by QBR he had a similar year to McCarthy in 2021, so he could become like a top 15, top 20 QB easily this season. But let's get back to Michigan. 
I think McCarthy will be the best quarterback in the Big Ten. I think he'll be a top 15, more likely than not top 10 quarterback nationally. Nowhere near the likes of Caleb Williams, Jalen Daniels, and Drake May. That That's my unanimous top three. Maybe if you think Bo Nix can have a breakout season, you could put him up there. I don't think Michael Penix, even though I have him close to that top three, just doesn't have the raw talent to quite get there. But McCarthy... He's close, and if he returns in 2024, he could be the nation's best quarterback or one of the best. But this year, I think it's too early to call him a Heisman-winning quarterback or a Heisman-level quarterback. And with the offense Michigan runs, he won't win the Heisman or even make a trip to New York anyway. No chance at that. Michigan's wide receiver room, will it finally use its talent? The wide receiver room, I think, is deep. It's one of the deeper wide receivers in the Big Ten. Ohio State's is the only receiver room in the Big Ten, kind of a bold prediction, whose room is far ahead of Michigan's. And that's the case with anyone except for Washington. I think Ohio State and Washington actually have closer they have closer wide receiver rooms than perhaps I thought earlier, or perhaps many, especially Ohio State fans, would want to admit. But they have a really good wide receiver room. It's those two in Tier 1, Texas in Tier 1B, everyone else falls off a cliff that's about two miles high, and Michigan's at the top of that two-mile downstretch. So I think with guys like Cornelius Johnson and Roman Wilson and Darius Clemens, you're not going to, I mean, you're not going to have a Marvin Harrison Jr. there. You're not going to have a unicorn at wide receiver, and Michigan doesn't need that. They, more so with their scheme, need a unicorn at running back and a unicorn on the O-line. I'm pretty sure they have a unicorn at running back in Donovan Edwards, and they might have a unicorn on the offensive line, whether that's Ladarius Henderson, whether that's a recruit they have, whether it's Zach Zinner or Trevor Keegan, who've been rated very highly by basically every metric. Whatever. It is what it is. As long as you have great wide receivers and you have plenty of them, this passing attack with a quarterback like J.J. McCarthy could be near elite. Cornelius Johnson is currently rated as the 37th in his position by 2024 NFL Draft preseason buzz. And Roman Wilson's Roman Wilson, I think, is 30th, 25th, something. He's, he's in that range. He's 28th. So, again, not elite wide receivers, but you got many of them. And Darius Clemens looked great in the spring game, was great out of high school, and don't forget Colston Loveland either, who had a long TD catch against Ohio State, long TD catch where he mossed a Purdue defender in that Big Ten championship game. There's a lot of potential in that passing attack. Johnson, Clemens, Roman Wilson. For Johnson and Wilson, something I find interesting is... According to NFLDraftBuzz.com, their 40s, more specifically Roman Wilson, his 40-yard dash is in the top 10%, 4.37, and he has a vertical and a shuttle that are also in the top 10%. Cornelius Johnson's 40 is only in the top 40%, but his shuttle's in the top 20 along with his vertical, and he's 6'3", 208 pounds. So they have guys that have potential, and, it, and these, of course, are based off of the 2022 seasons and prior. 
We'll get to see if they're even better, and they likely will be even better when the 2023 season kicks into full gear. And then finally, tight ends, but more so running backs. How will they be involved in the pass attack? Because Donovan Edwards is a unicorn at catching the football. Running back who, against Maryland in 2021, had nearly 200 receiving yards, a long reception of 75 where he juked out several defenders and earned a score. He's made one-handed catches before, both in 21 and 22. He played injured for a lot of 2022 and had a fist, like a bald fist cast on his hand, which of course, that does not help when you're trying to catch the football or even when you're trying to secure the ball. And that was toward the end of the season, and he still, he still had nearly 1,000 rushing yards, and he had 200 receiving yards. Donovan Edwards is a Swiss Army knife. He's a Swiss Army knife type player. He's special, and I sure hope that Michigan uses him more in the past than they have the past two seasons. He could have several hundred receiving yards and well over 1,000, 1,500 rushing yards if he's healthy, which is an if just like Travion Henderson and just like Mayan Williams, but Michigan has a great elite strength and conditioning coach in Ben Herbert, so I'm confident that his health won't be as much of a problem this season as it has been in the past. Just looking over the depth chart for the passing attack, like key players that will be involved, one quarterback, three wide receivers, a tight end, and a running back too, the running back who's better at catching the football, These are just some statistics, all from 2022. Keep in mind that Ronnie Bell, who led Michigan by a few hundred yards in receiving, he's gone off to the NFL. Tight end Luke Schoonmaker, who led Michigan in receiving yards at the tight end position, he's also gone to the NFL. So Colston Loveland's going to fill his shoes. Between Cornelius Johnson, Roman Wilson, and Darius Clemens, they will fill Ronnie Bell's shoes. J.J. McCarthy, if he started against Colorado State, could have potentially had 3,000 passing yards. And I think this season, he will, because I have Michigan winning the national title and going 15-0. and And McCarthy will probably be healthy in all 15 games, which means he will play in an additional two games. And I think Michigan's offense, both running the ball and passing the ball, will take a step forward. And with a schedule of the likes that Michigan has. Michigan, once again, has one of the easier schedules in the country, especially early. East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, and Rutgers, they have a chance to impress nationally with statistics and also get a lot of younger guys playing time and valuable experience before college football ramps up and road games against Nebraska, Minnesota, Michigan State, Penn State, and Maryland hit. Those are five tough road games. Those are all of Michigan's road games. I think all of those teams will have winning records. Yes, including Michigan State, including Nebraska and Maryland, as some have them with losing records. Some might even have Minnesota with a losing record. I know for a fact no one except the insane have Penn State with a losing record. Michigan's home stretch is pretty easy. Outside of a home game against Ohio State, November 25th, obviously at noon Eastern time on Fox, big noon kickoff, to close out the regular season. In those six games, Michigan State, all jokes aside with the secondary, they should have the best secondary they've had in the Mel Tucker era, and it will be an East Lansing, 
I think Michigan State, like last year, will play its hardest against the Wolverines. I'm curious to see how the pass attack functions in all five of those road games, plus Ohio State. So those six games is where I'm very curious to see the pass come alive. Because against Purdue, and against Indiana, and against the first four games in the month of September, you're not going to need a passing game. You could run the you could run Blake Corum and the Wildcat and win by 50 against all of those teams. No disrespect. Michigan has a great offensive line. They have an elite running back room. Correction on the great part for the offensive line. It's an elite O-line. They have a great near-elite quarterback, a great wide receiver room, and a near-elite tight end room. It's crazy, and that's just the offense. The defense? Bringing in guys like Josiah Stewart? Bringing in, you know, again, Josiah Stewart, Ernst Hausman from Nebraska, returning Will Johnson and Mike Sainra still, getting Michael Barrett and Junior Colson back, very deep linebacker room, a secondary that had some issues in the spring game with Amorian Walker not looking so hot, but is certainly shored up via the transfer portal. And overall, outside of that one position battle, which now has been filled by incoming transfer Josh Wallace, Makari Page, Rod Moore, Mike Sandra still, Will Johnson, that was a great four out of five players on the secondary. And Jaden McBurrow should be good. Um, Cody Jones, Zeke Barry, Quinton Johnson, Amorian Walker, I don't know how good they are, but Quinton Johnson, he is a graduate, and Jaden McBurrow's I thought was much better than Amorian Walker. So you should get some playing time and rotation as well on defense, like you always do typically with Michigan and Jim Harbaugh early in the season and in blowouts. This team, though, offensively should be a nightmare. It should be one of the best offenses in the country. And I think the red zone issues, especially with, look, bringing in A.J. Barner at tight end too, having good tight ends helps in the red zone, having wide receivers that have speed, that's going to help Michigan have a better passing attack, especially since J.J. McCarthy, with all his talent, arm, and his strength, and his mobility, he doesn't have problems making big plays. His problems are turnovers, pocket awareness, like we've seen against Maryland, TCU, Penn State, other moments. Those are those are his problems. Arm strength, focus, accuracy at times is a problem, but when he is on point, he can be one of the more accurate quarterbacks in the country. He's a great QB, and he's going to take a big step forward once again. And I think as a result of that, in seeing talented players like Cornelius Johnson, Roman Wilson, and Darius Clemens take the field at receiver, you're going to see a Michigan offense like never before. Michigan will win the national championship this year. I'm very confident about that. And if they do, or even if they reach the national title and don't win it, or even because your record does not always determine what you are, let's say they have a worse record than last season, but we all know they're better than they were. Just maybe they face an Ohio State team or Penn State team that is among the greatest of all time and no one was ever beating them. Or they go 13-1, and but they, they lose to a team that ends up being a GOAT team. The reason they will be a better team than 2022 is because of their offense, once again. The defense is going to be pretty consistent. 
I think it will be better than 2022 all around, but the offense is what's going to take the bigger step forward because returning Blake Corum and using all those incoming transfers on the offense, whether it's tight end or O-line, is just massive. And then using them on defense to replace outgoing production and sometimes just using it on offense just to get extra players. It's just what Michigan's doing right now, I'm a huge fan of as a Wolverine myself. And I, for the first time, can say, based off of the passing game, the run game, the rush defense, the pass defense, the special teams, I can logically pick my own team to win the national title. I can logically make that pick. It's not emotion. It's, it's, it's logic. I can go through, and I can pick them to do something that they have not done since 1997, and I can pick them to do something that they have not done outright since nearly 100 years ago. So Michigan's passing offense, I think it will be great. I think more likely than not, it will be near elite. I need to see more before I declare it to be elite, but the run game will be elite, and the rush defense and the pass defense will be elite as well. Special teams with James Turner, it'll be great to elite. But the passing game, I think J.J. McCarthy, just for some brief predictions, he'll have over 3,300 yards passing. He'll have over 25 passing touchdowns. He'll have around the same amount of interceptions, if not maybe slightly less. His passer rating will be over 160, maybe over 165. Cornelius Johnson and Roman Wilson will both have over 500 receiving yards. Darius Clemens will have a big breakout season and will probably have around 400, 450 receiving yards. And Colston Loveland may be the same for him as well. Donovan Edwards, I don't know exactly how they're going to get him involved, but he'll once again have around 200 receiving yards. If not, he could have around 300, 400. It would be a little bold to go higher than that, but for a running back also being active on the ground, that'd be a huge achievement. So this offense is going to be dangerous, and it will help Michigan win a national championship. Thank you guys for watching. If you like this video, please hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, Comment your thoughts on Michigan football down below, and tell me what you think Michigan's passing game is going to look like in 2023. Thank you guys for watching, and I'll see you around. Bye-bye.